please exhale. And now let's begin. Welcome to the Science of Light. I'm your host, Rosemary. If you're interested in exploring holistic wellness topics through a perspective that blends spirituality with science, I think you've found the right place. And I'm so grateful that you're here. Let's figure out this life thing together. Always keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Hello, and welcome back to the Science of Light. I am very excited today to announce that I launched a new podcast called Yogi Scopes. As you might have noticed in the, maybe you didn't notice because it's really tiny if you look at it on your phone, I don't know. But my social media handles, my website, it's all Yogi Scopes, right? So you might have been thinking or you might have, it might have occurred to you somewhere along the line, like, what is that about? And I, I spent a decent amount of time talking about it that I use astrology and yoga and Ayurveda to kind of align my practice, my yoga practices to the energies at play, to the, you know, the seasons and the natural cycles that are going on around us. Um, and I talk about astrology on here some, but I actually, I really try to reel myself in and not talk about it that much because I recognize that not everybody that wants to learn these yoga concepts um, or wants to learn like evidence-based stuff related to yoga is very into astrology. Like a lot of the times those things don't seem compatible, which is which is actually my motivation for all of this because I, in my experience, they seem compatible, but in all of the resources I encounter, they're kind of completely separate. Like I can find science-based resources. I can find yoga philosophy and astrology resources, but rarely are the two combined. So that's what I'm here doing. But so I started this separate podcast, which has actually been an intention of mine since I started this podcast. I, I just, I wanted to start with this one first, but so the Yogi Scopes podcast is just astrology and they're meant to be a pair. This one can stand alone. That one will kind of lean on this one a lot. Like I will just tell you kind of the astrological weather and some quick yoga practices to work with that energy. So I'm putting out an episode today when this one, when this episode goes out, October 6th, 2021, um, will be the first episode because it's a new moon. So I'll be putting out an episode over there talking about the new moon, but this episode, so you'll go, if you go over there and listen, I, in that episode will point you to this one. And in this one here, I am pointing you to that one. Um, but so you don't need to go to listen to that one at all for this episode, but I want this podcast to continue to be a resource for you all that already listened to it and people who might find it in the future. Uh, I'm super glad you're here, by the way. Thank you. Um, so I want to continue to be a resource for you for yoga and evidence-based practices for living a better life, i.e. the science of light. But if you've been around since the beginning or you've listened to some of the earlier episodes, you know that the science of light is the translation of the word Jyotish, which is the word, the Sanskrit word for Vedic astrology. So you may know by now that that has been and will continue to be a huge interest of mine, something I learn about, something I want to share with you all. So you can learn more about the Vedic astrology over there. But the reason I kept them separate is because I recognize that not all of you here will care. So that's all I'll say about it here. Um, if you want to learn that, I would assume 
that if you're, you know, maybe you just stumbled upon this and it's your first episode. And if you did, thanks. I'm glad you're here. I hope it's a good resource for you. Um, but if you've been around for a while, I imagine the reason you keep coming back is because you might have some mild interest in all of the sister sciences of yoga, which one of those is Vedic astrology or Jyotish. So that's what I'll be doing over there. These episodes, I'll actually probably release that one first. So if you're hearing this one, that one will be out. So you can just search Yogi Scopes. Um, I've got it released on Apple and Spotify and Google is still taking their sweet piddly time. I mean, it is Mercury retrograde, so um, so you can find it there. Um, you can find it on those two for sure right now, and then hopefully by next week or so, it'll be on all of the rest of them. Um, but yeah, so here we are. With all that said, just wanted to make that quick announcement. I'm glad you're here. Today's episode is going to be about aparigraha, which means non-grasping. Because so where that idea for this episode to happen today came from was a little bit about the impermanence of Vata season. You know, we're heading into autumn or fall here in the Northern Hemisphere. And I don't know if you've ever seen those quotes. I can't even remember who said it or what the quote exactly says, but something to the effect of like fall is a great time to like watch the leaves and see how they just let go and how beautiful that can be, how beautiful letting go can be. So then I was thinking on impermanence. And then if you want to go listen over to the Yogi Scopes episode for the new moon, the new moon happening today is symbolized by an open hand, which relates to the yogic concept of a parigraha, which is one of the yamas, one of which is the first of the eight limbs. So if you don't know the eight limbs, I did a whole episode on those Um, so I'm not going to cover them all right now. If you want to learn more about that, I do have a previous episode about the eight limbs. Um, but the yamas are the first of the eight limbs, number one of eight. And aparigraha is one of the yamas, which are guidelines for right living according to yoga philosophy. And so it's pretty important. It's a pretty pretty important concept. And what it translates to is non-grasping, so an open hand, right, Um, or letting go. If you're not grasping, you're what's the opposite of grasping, letting go. So there are all kinds of other layers of meaning we can add on to just that non-grasping. Like I'm frequently uh, harping on on this podcast is that Sanskrit words. I'll tell you the translation, I'll tell you what it directly translates to, but there's always like way more richness and meaning that we can find by investigating it a little deeper, which is why it's also good to just know the Sanskrit, because then when you know the Sanskrit word, it's it means more than just non-grasping. And so that's what I'm here to talk about on this episode that non-grasping, that releasing. Some people say non-possessiveness. But so you can see how that goes really well with impermanence and letting go. So you may know in like Buddhist philosophy, um, and I'm not a Buddhist teacher or Buddhist practitioner by any means, but it is very related. They come, Buddhist philosophy comes also from the Vedas. Um, 
in a more roundabout way. It's, it's like they, they evolve, they're like branches on the tree of which the Vedas are the roots, the ancient texts that from which yoga comes, yoga philosophy and Ayurveda philosophy comes from. So Buddhism has a lot of overlaps with yoga. And so we sometimes borrow things from them, but I don't know Buddhism well enough. Like I can't quote you the texts or exactly even what the quote says, but um, this too shall pass, right? You've probably heard that before. It's kind of just permeated our spiritual world today, the notion that this too shall pass. Um, and that's like, it's kind of like one of those Zen things, which Buddhism has these two, but I don't know what they're called in Buddhism, where it's um, like something that the more you sit and think about it, the more meaning comes to the surface. Because this too shall pass, like that's a great thing to say when you're in a hard time, right? When things are not going your way and you're like, oh, it's okay, this too shall pass. Like it's, I know it's impermanent, right? Like nothing lasts forever. And that can bring a lot of solace when you're in a hard time because you know like you're just in it right now. And it's okay because it's not going to be forever. But the flip side of that is that also good things pass. So when you're really happy or in a place that you've really strived and wanted to be or you're really enjoying yourself, um, just know it's it's going to pass too. You know, the good times will also end. And that might seem sad, but I think the more you practice with that concept and sit with it and notice it, I think it facilitates um, extreme presence because like I've said before, when you're in a hard time, uh, this is actually something a friend of mine said to me when I was in a hard time, um, when my son was like a newborn and I was, I mean, he was like six weeks old or something and I started back school and so I, here I am in college with like this tiny baby and this was like right before pandemic shutdowns hit and I was like sleep deprived and trying to do life and it was just hard and my friend was like, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, everybody always tells you, don't worry, it's over in the blink of an eye, like soak up the time while you're in it because it's over before you know it and that's what people tell you when you're going through a hard time and my friend was like, well, it doesn't matter how soon it's going to be over because the present moment is all there is. When you're in that, it feels like forever. So um, that's one side of that. This too shall pass. It's like it doesn't really matter that it's going to pass because whatever you're in um, is going to be over. So we might feel really absorbed by more challenging experiences and um, being told this too shall pass doesn't always feel like it provides a lot of solace. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, right? But then do we apply the same level of presence to good experiences? Knowing that they're going to be over soon, do we really soak them up for everything they're worth? You know, um, I, I feel like for me... That's just offhand at a jump. What impermanence kind of facilitates is, is an extreme level of presence because, you know, there's another cheesy saying. I'm full of these things. Like a man can never step in the same river twice because it's 
not the same river and he's not the same man. Um, because everything's just changing all the time and it just, you know, good for, for better, or for worse, nothing lasts. And so this is very important and relevant to the fall season because we can see the trees are like letting go of their leaves. Everything is kind of returning to the earth. You know, we'll get into that later. We're just in Vada season now, like really in it, probably most places now in the Northern Hemisphere, at least, unless you're like in Florida, like the closer you get to the equator, you know, all bets are off. Y'all don't really have seasons down there, and I'm sorry, but <laughs> up here, a little further north of that, we do, and we're starting to feel the impacts and notice we can look to nature for um, things that might be happening with it within, internally, you know, as above, so below, right? So Mother Nature... The trees are letting go of their leaves. They're giving them back to the earth. They're they're paring down to save their energy for the winter to go into a period of dormancy, right? They're letting go. And what does letting go do? It creates space. So that's where the Aparigraha and then also the Hasta, which is the nakshatra for the new moon. That's all I'll say about that. If you want to learn more, head over to that Yogi Scopes episode to learn more there, but an open hand. When you live life with open hands and you let go, you create space for receiving new blessings from the universe because you can't, you can't get something you want without letting go of the thing that's the wrong thing. And that's super hard. It's like really not that simple. Um, because what happens is there's this space in between. And that's the Vata element, right? That's um, this fall season that we're in. We're in that space of releasing. And it's not like as soon as you release, something new comes in. No, it's this awkward, empty space. And, you know, maybe something new will come soon. Maybe it's like, you see that as soon as you were able to let go, you created space for this new thing to flourish, new opportunity, new relationship, new whatever. Um, but a lot of times there's an emptiness in between. And that's another thing that we can glean from watching nature. You know, there's we're in the space, like during the fall, I mean, so that's wrong. There are plants that are blooming in the fall. We have wildflowers here in WNC in Western North Carolina that uh, bloom. I have actually said the September wildflowers are my favorite wildflowers, like goldenrod and these little daisies that are just purple and they look so pretty with the goldenrod. Um, I love them. So there are some things that bloom at this time of year, but largely overall, nothing's blooming in winter, right? So why do we expect to bloom year round, right? We have to release and let go to create space for new things to come in. And holding on to old things, while it can feel really comforting, um, it can feel really stagnant also. So that's where this practice of a parigraha comes in to like kind of 
combat the impermanence. And so a big piece of that is the presence. Like I was talking about just being present with what is being, getting really in tune with what quote unquote season you are in right now. And so some of that can come with watching nature's seasons and following Ayurvedic practices and routines and, um, and using that as a guide. Another guide can be astrology So those are the things I primarily use, but what they do is they don't tell me what to do necessarily, like 100%. They do a little bit, like they're a good guideline, but the missing link is the self-awareness. So you have to cultivate deep self-awareness to know, okay, is this truly the energy I'm feeling? Um, Is this, you know, and makes connections between things that might seem unrelated like your job you know maybe you have worked the same job forever maybe you're set in a career or you're in school or whatever like your stuff just isn't changing as fast as the seasons are so maybe you could be in a period of can you let go of some responsibilities at work maybe that looks like delegating Maybe that looks like, um, you know, just saying no more often, things like that. There's a lot of ways that this aparigraha can show up because what, what are, what is the opposite is that grasping and that attachments and that sense of obligation. So with all that said about what I think we should be releasing or what releasing might look like or why you might want to release, right, because life is inherently impermanent, the only constant is change, everything is going to pass, so if we facilitate that um, super duper presence, learn to practice presence and mindfulness and just really being with what is, um, that's another form of non-attachment, in fact, uh, not being attached to the past or the future or being attached to the way we thought things were going to play out, which actually is the topic for next week's episode. I've already kind of planned that out because I was like, I know I'm going to go there. Attachments to outcomes. Um, So that's next week. We'll talk more about, there's actually another yoga philosophy concept, um, abhyasa and vairagya, which mean diligence without attachment. So you have diligent... Just because you're not attached to outcomes doesn't mean that you like just quit diligently doing your work, right? So, so I will suffice it to say for this episode, um, you we want to release. We will feel a lot better and a lot more at ease with what truly is if we're not attached to a way we thought some event should play out. Like a wedding is a perfect example of this. And maybe this is on my mind because I just had my big wedding like this summer. What I call my princess wedding. Thanks to everybody who made that possible. Um, In July of this year, we got to have like all our families and friends there. I got to wear my little beautiful fairy queen dress. um, Have a photographer and my friend Jess, who was on the podcast in one of the like one of the second or third episodes or something that she does tie dye, um, tie dyed our outfits. Anyway, so it's like all this great stuff went into the day, and there were some things that I like wanted to do, like 
I DJ'd it myself and I made a playlist and the playlist like wasn't perfect, but who cares, man? You know, um, it's like when we release attachments to how things should play out and just be present with, with how it does, you're a lot more able to see the beauty in that when you're not like sad because something else, because you envisioned it some other way. And I think that's like, Weddings are a great example because we go in, a lot of planning goes into a wedding. I know this, like, because I planned my own. I didn't have a coordinator or anything really, like, I didn't really even lean on my bridesmaids as as much as I probably could have or should have, um, with the exception of Jess. Thank you, Jess. Um, but anyway, um, well, no, and other people help. So anyway, sorry, y'all. Side note. It just like a lot of planning goes into it. And so when you spend that much time planning, you might have some vision in your head of how it would play out. And this doesn't only apply to a wedding. This applies to like an event you're putting on at work or like a hard conversation you think you might have. And you like uh, have things that you want to make sure you say or feelings you want to get across. And then it just doesn't happen the way you envisioned it would or something might quote unquote go off the rails but if you let go of the way you think things should play out okay I'm really getting into next week's topic I'm sorry y'all but um it's a huge one like we have to diligently do our planning and then let go and then the same thing what are some other things we could be attached to that we need to let go. And it doesn't mean like, I'm not telling you to quit your job or quit any of your other roles, right? And that's going to be another, like we'll get into more of that next week and more of what I mean by that, um, where you can still diligently do your work without being so attached to the outcomes. But Apari Graha is more related to like materialism Um, can we not be so attached to physical possessions? And that doesn't mean that you don't seek some wealth. Like uh, it's another episode I did on the work-life balance is yoga philosophy is not telling us all to go become a monk or a hermit or live in the woods or whatever, like not wear clothes. You're allowed. That's artha. That's the pursuit of wealth and the pursuit, pursuit of material comfort is okay But why do you need, you know, whatever it is that you're super attached to getting? Will something else suffice in its place? And and if you do get that thing, what would it do to your internal state if you lost it? Like, say, you misplaced it or it ripped or, you know, broke or whatever. Like, we just don't want to attach our identity or our mental health to material possessions is kind of what that's saying. It's like, I'm not telling you not to have material possessions, not to want better for yourself in life. I'm just telling you not to attach your identity and your mental health to those things. Um, so some other things that you might find yourself attached to. So we've already covered outcomes, which we'll cover more next week. Um, material possessions, responsibilities, obligations. So maybe you have these work or family obligations and they're pretty important, 
right? But but are they who you are, right? Are they who you are at your core? No. And you can delegate those and still be you, right? Um, maybe you're attached to a certain way of being, an identity. That's actually why I covered that topic, um, perspective and how we form our identity in the very first episode because it's hugely important and that's how we navigate this world and so I'm not telling you to not have like hobbies or communities that you identify with like obviously being a yoga teacher is something I'm like pretty attached to but I'm not you know that's that's my worldly identity um but I'm not attached to how that shows up um, I've had to to give up teaching yoga before because my kid was smaller, or I've had to give up my attachment to what exactly that looks like, because when I stay attached to certain ways of being, if I have this idea that this is what a yoga teacher is supposed to be like, and this way that I've been existing as a yoga teacher is like the only way of being a yoga teacher, and I attach myself to that, it's going to cause me a lot of suffering. So I've had to open my hands and let go to invite in these new ways of being a yoga teacher. And that's actually how this podcast came about. I was like, how can I continue to teach yoga, teach about the things that are important to me, things that I love, things that have helped me in a way that is compatible with being home with my kid a lot or whatever, or my crappy internet where I live when everybody else pivoted to teaching online. And that just was out of the question for me because my internet's not good enough for zoom really um I had to let go of that way of being and say okay this way of being a yoga teacher is is not for me so I got to figure something else out I had to let go and it's not like like I said earlier when you open your hands and let go you have to sit in that space of emptiness until the answer comes to you and it's a continual practice it's the same thing with this podcast and this kind of yogi scopes um Thing I've been doing it's been evolving and morphing the whole time because I'm not very attached to how exactly it has to play out I'm open to what I have time for what is well received um, by you all which is why I'm so open to feedback because I will absolutely pivot if you want to know something or if something I'm doing is not working like somebody told me they liked the shorter episodes so I've been trying to make them shorter some other things that we can become attached to are emotions like I was talking about earlier, whether that be good or bad, you know, a lot. And, and I find myself being more attached to the suffering um, than I am the good moments. I find myself being more present with my suffering and maybe sometimes taking the, the good emotions and good moments for granted and not soaking them up for everything they're worth, right? Because they are so impermanent. So I guess the piece here that I'm trying to harp on is that presence and openness to what is are the answers I guess if answers is the correct word um the best way to work with the energy of a parigraha of non-grasping so that's the openness to what is which is presence is what what we want to facilitate to find the most ease in and through the impermanence of life so With all that said, here are some things that we might be attached to that might be causing us suffering or strife. So just to recap, um, responsibilities, obligations, ways of being, emotions, 
titles, material possessions, or events. So what I'd like to offer you is that you look at the way your attachments to those things are showing up in your life. And maybe if you could release your attachments to those, it doesn't mean like quit doing your responsibilities. Maybe you delegate, you know, it doesn't mean, um, quit thinking of yourself as a yoga teacher for me. That's my example, right? Or whatever, whatever way of being or identity you think about, like maybe, maybe that identity is somehow causing you strife. Like for me, when everybody started teaching online and I was like, well, I can't, I don't have good internet and I have a toddler and my house is small and there's nowhere in my house. I can even put the camera far enough away from me and all these other things. So I had to release what my preconceived notion of what that way of being was to create space to think of new ways of being, right? Um, Emotions, can you facilitate the most presence with what is to find ease in that moment and then also to savor the good emotions and experiences while you're in them, right? To really soak them up for everything they are. Titles, you know, that kind of falls under with ways of being and responsibilities, right? What can we, what's in a title? You know, why do we need to be attached to that title? Some of like the, the work ones are easier to see, I think, than titles like mom, you know, or dad or, you know, family titles, I think. Um, but I'm not telling you that you need to be okay with letting those things go necessarily like I do not want to give up being mom at all you know what I mean like that sounds awful in fact but I don't need to attach my identity to that I don't need to attach my mental health and well-being to what I think it means to be mom right things like that or what I think it means to be business owner or um accountant or whatever your title is you know what I mean that's the whole idea is we want to release our attachment with that as our form of identity or with the way that plays out right now. And then material possessions, you know, you can enjoy your material possessions. You can want your creature comforts. I'm not telling you to not want that. I'm just telling you to not attach your identity to it, to let that part of it go, you know, have it, enjoy it for what it is, but don't, um, Be careful if you're wanting the name brand just for the sake of being seen in the name brand or whatever. You know, maybe, you know, I'm one of those people that I'm like, I don't, I buy cheap leggings sometimes for teaching yoga in and then they annoy me because they roll down the whole time or whatever. So I'll buy like more expensive leggings, but I don't give a shit to be seen in Lululemons or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, so, so just be careful there are you buying the name brand because it works better for you and you like it better genuinely and you can afford it or whatever or are you buying it uh with money you don't have to impress people you don't like or maybe with money you do have but still to impress people that you don't truly like that wouldn't be there when you had an emergency at four in the morning those kind of people like who cares what they think about what you're wearing or what you're doing or whatever right so that's the apari graha when it comes to material possessions. And then events, we'll talk more about that next week, about attachment to outcomes. So all of that comes from 
the impermanence that is the fall season, Vata season, this empty space, this time of releasing to create empty space to kind of reset and refresh for new blooms to come. But we have to be in the period of releasing to then be in the period of empty space to then be open to new blessings coming in. And that is the idea of impermanence and aparigraha. And then also relates to the new moon. So if you want to hear that, if you haven't already, go listen to the Yogi Scopes episode. And with all that said, I'm so grateful that we're here. If you could um, follow the show, turn on episode notifications. If you haven't already, if you use an Apple device or if you have an Apple account at all, it's super helpful for me if you just go drop a little um, review. I, it makes my heart warm to read them, but you can just do the stars and not like write anything. It helps with my visibility, you know, the algorithm and all. Um, and then jump on my email list if you want to get more personalized interpretations of these energies at play. And thank you so much for being here. Remember to always keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Until next time, friends.